0: Welcome to The Grey Stage Podcast, episode number 10. Today we'll be covering chapter 6 in the book by Greg Fernandez Jr., The Grey Stage. My name is Dan Hennon. I'll be joined today with Sophia, Catherine, Anne, and of course Greg Fernandez Jr., the author himself. Uh, How are you doing today, Greg?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you, my brother. Hope you're doing good. And how about, yes, and how about Sophia, Catherine, and
0: Anne? Working right? At least I am. Excellent. We got a good, interesting topic today here for this book. uh, In this chapter, we're we're heading off with chapter six here for episode ten. We'll be talking about the kitchen laptop, and in this Crowley case, there's a lot of things that tie into this. And there's also, I think, enough uh, questions and. And, and things that have come up you know, since then as well. A lot of people that are newer to the Justice page, some of the newer members, uh, a lot of questions do come up surrounding this chapter. So this will be a, a good episode. I'll start off here by reading the first paragraph um, uh, from, from Greg's book, The Kitchen um, Island. The laptop labeled as AV-8 was opened to a black screen on the kitchen island when authorities entered the house. The device was plugged into a power outlet just above the kitchen sink, and the screen was black. Love, quote, in, love in quotes, was written on the laptop cover. Ann, did you wanna uh, give a little more of a, a background on this
2: situation here? Yes, I would like to give you guys a visual of this area where the laptop was found. There is a kitchen island in the Crawley home. The island basically divides the kitchen and the living room. The front part of the island is made of drywall and it's green. The top part is a granite type surface. That is where the laptop is sitting open. Behind um, the laptop, towards the back of the island facing the kitchen, You will see a sink, a cabinet, and in the corner is a dishwasher. There were um, some Christmas items and other things on top of the island. This episode is just gonna focus on the laptop. So we just wanted to give you an idea of what you guys will be seeing and hearing about.
0: Perfect. All right, continuing on the second paragraph, uh, blood and partial fingerprints, end quote, were visible on the laptop surface and keyboard. Several blood stains were visible on the kitchen island counter next to the laptop. When the laptop was swabbed for DNA purposes, the black screen awoke to reveal a text message reading, quote, I have loved you all with all of my heart, end quote. What do you think about that, Greg?
1: Well, I wish we had a better photo of it. Um, I know we have a, the photo that shows <laughs> where the text message should be or where the text message is. For me, it is a little difficult to read. So that was the first thing I wish we did have a better photograph of, of that. But that's that's okay. We'll, we'll go with the photograph that we do have. and. Um, This was one of the notes that was used to um, suggest that David Crowley was guilty because he he had written two notes in this house. And then the obvious question is, how do they know that David actually wrote this? And um, is this a suicide note?
0: Yes, and this this is on the laptop. So once again, this is typed. And this was just brought up, in my assumption, this was like a uh, a notepad or a wordpad or a word processing type of a, a program that was opened up and someone just keyed it in. We don't have the name of who keyed it in or who, who actually did the typing, except someone just wrote it, I have loved you all with all of my heart, and just left it up. And I don't think that when the investigation took place with this hard drive, And and this all went to the Dakota County Electronic Crimes Unit, and, uh, you know, I I don't know if we got a date created or a timestamp as to when this file was created, and I don't believe the file was saved. I think it was just opened and left there uh, in what commonly we would see in today's world be an untitled or a a Microsoft Word or untitled document, Uh, but it still should have a created Date and a created time that would be interesting to know when this was when this file was opened and created. We know it was never saved, so we can't really essentially get back to when whoever did it, it did it to get back to a time frame. Once again, but yes, it's it's done and staged to make it look like uh, David had committed these heinous acts, had blood on his hands, and then opened up the laptop and started typing it. Now, the other thing we need to keep in mind is that the laptop was not shut off. It was kept open and it was in a blank screen. Uh, I would call it either in hibernate mode or in a screensaver mode or in power saving energy mode, but all they did was, uh, you know, when your uh, laptop is is off uh, for, for a period of time, even though it's still plugged in, you can touch the, Touchpad, or the Enter key, or the spacebar, or some other key, and it'll wake it back up. You know, wake up that um, laptop. And I think that's what happened here. They were swapping the keys and activated, and woke up that machine again. And um, and that's when this this arose. I mean, this this type this thing was typed up there, meant for the first person to see it to know exactly, you know, what happened here. I think is what the intent was. Does that
1: make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, I I also thought that it was weird that uh, maybe not weird, but it was very interesting. Let's put it like that. That the uh, where love is typed up, and I was able to find three places, or where love is actually mentioned. Love is is on the this uh, on the laptop. It's also on. The Amazon, whatever this is, Kindle, Amazon Fire, it's written on the back of that, too. And then in the office bedroom, in dust, uh, Love is actually written on top of the computer there, too. So that, that's at least three electronic devices. Love is not written on the um, on the Surface Pro that is found in the living room. That belong to Camille
3: and there's something I would like to add here too that I noticed uh, like right here I took this photo and then when um, you enlarge it if you try to you know um, look at the letters that spell out I have loved you with all of my heart there is no blood on the majority of those keys so that means I mean, you have some blood like on the A and a little bit on the O and a little on the D, but look at the W is clean, the I is clean, the U is clean. Um, Those should not be clean if this is supposedly typed by somebody with bloody fingers. Um, Being a typist, you know, even if you're one fingering it, if you're typing with your two hands or if you're using one finger, there should be blood on every single one of those keys that spell that out but the majority of those keys are clean. That to me tells me, well, my assumption then is that the person who put that message on that laptop had gloves on. And that to me rules out David because why would he put gloves on to type a message just before he, he supposedly shoots himself? Doesn't make sense.
0: And, and Catherine, this, that's a good point because you would see by looking at this phrase that he wrote, I think the top two most commonly used letters were A and L in this phrase. Yes. A and L. And so you would think that there would be multiple uh, blood marks on those two keys on the laptop. And what you're saying is that we don't see blood on the letters used here at all in that phrase. But what we do see is what appears to be a haphazard um, smattering of some blood on the laptop with David uh with with david's uh with his fingerprints it still looks staged because it just was there on random parts of the laptop the blood but not in the points that would be the last used keys that the person typed and that's the point you're getting at which is the most important point of this which detectives did not seem to put together that that scenario correct
3: Correct. Absolutely correct. And that should have been something that they should have first looked at. When you're looking at something that's typed on a computer screen, you're going to look down below and look at those keys because they. Um, I thought for sure they had mentioned the blood on the A key and that just could be my imagination. But you look at a thing and then you look down and you're like, okay, is this matching up with what, what I'm seeing? And there is no match whatsoever. So right there... I mean there's so many instances where this should have been a huge light bulb going off to these officers and um, again they either just completely ignored it didn't think about it or said you know what we have a scenario we're just gonna run with it
1: correct Looks like blood on the delete key as
3: well that's pretty interesting yeah, that is interesting. I didn't look at that, but I was looking at the I and then spelling out the I-H-A-V-E-D, you know, W I T H, And when you look at all those, I mean, the W is used a lot too, and it's, it's clean. The Y-O-U is clean, or the O oh might have a little bit. And I'm just like, this this keyboard does not match with the with the so-called, you know, last note written.
1: That I that should probably be one of the most bloodiest if, if it's the first one, right?
3: Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because if one hand is bloody, the other hand is going to be bloody. But even if they try to say, well, maybe just the left hand was bloody, well, then why isn't the W and the, the the keys that are used with the left hand, why aren't those bloody? And exactly, the I, the especially since that was used first. And the shift key. It would have been shift I because wasn't were these all capitals or you would think they I think at least the I was capitalized um,
0: yes yeah. just the I
3: yeah and so the shift key looks clean to me
0: very good very good point because these would be the letters most used in this phrase and this was really from what we can tell on the laptop the only things that were typed uh, one can assume that The very last thing as far as the official narrative is David went to his musical playlist called Ascent and clicked play on that but there was no other typing done on this laptop um, immediately after the the crimes were committed except for this one situation should I go on to the next paragraph I think that find that very interesting I've got some comments on that Greg sure He says, quote, I was not certain if this note was saved or otherwise date or time stamped, end quote. And this is what Detective Brian Bone reported. Now, I'll continue on. The note was not signed and was in the format of a typed note, end quote. Authorities assumed the message was written by David Crowley, but that assumption remains unproven. So back to this beginning part, uh, we're looking at a date or time stamp on a file. Uh, Brian Bowen is just the detective here, and maybe this is true that he did not know the date, time, stamp on this. But once again, the Dakota County Electronic Crimes Unit, this is all that they do. This is what they do. There would be a file open. For instance, uh, if I'm looking at my, not on a Mac, but on a regular PC, you'd have a document there with a little tilde in front of it as a temporary file name. That would still have a date and timestamp on that file, that temporary file, which goes in that temporary that temp folder, is get saved in when you're uh, as you're working on things, and then when you go to actually do a save as or save it and place it somewhere on your folder, it'll give it the actual name and the date and timestamp. But this would have had a date, time, and created when the file was open and someone began typing. And so, Brian Bone, as a detective, may or may not know that although I'm assuming anyone in today's world were at least ask that question, but the Dakota County Electronic Crimes Unit would have known that for sure once what that that temporary file that was used um, sitting out there would still have a date and timestamp. So I don't get the fact that, that Brian Bowen says that, and he does go on to say that it was not signed, but it was in the format of a typed note. Okay, that's, that's obvious enough. And the assumption was that it was written by David Crowley. Of course, anyone looking at the scene, the way it was staged, is going to think that David did all these things. But these are all just circumstantial uh, circumstantial things that that don't mean anything yet. So we really don't get any any real good meat from the detectives on this. We just get several sentences of various assumptions, (laughs) which doesn't do any of us any good. What do you think, uh, uh, Sophia or Anne, when you look at that uh, paragraph?
2: You know, I think there's a possibility also that this so-called note typed on the computer has was typed before the murders, and it has nothing to do with the Crowley family being murdered because you see, um, like Greg said. The word love typed several times in the house. There's the bowl on the counter with those rocks with terms of endearment written on the rocks. There's that note on the fridge which was, you know, a loving note between a husband and wife. This letter on the laptop could have been just written as something special between the both of them that has nothing to do with suicide note or anything that happened after.
4: And I have to agree Correct. with that. I mean, it could have been written at any time. It's just that it's there on the screen. It is very possible that it could have been just part of the staging. You know, it's like, oh, here, it's it's right here. We'll just use this as a possible suicide note. Just like other things that were around the house that were seen <laughs> or suicide notes
0: and stuff. The other thing I think with all suicide notes, whether they're written or typed, is is the signature. You would have to have that signature. Something to say, this is what I want, this is my, my wishes, or this is what's going on in my head. Uh, and then you sign your name. So this stuck out to me when I saw this alleged suicide uh, note with no signature once again. And of course when you get into staged crimes and situations like this most of the time those are typed up those are typed to uh, to make it look like someone else was doing it an actual suicide note maybe multiple pages long handwritten or or however to to clear the air after the case is done to let uh, let the ones still living know what was going on in their and what they were dealing with so this doesn't have this. It's got another. It has that feel of, of staging once again. But you're right. It could have been something that he wrote back in October or November. Uh, it could have been something that that he had up uh, written back in April. But if we would have had a timestamp that showed January 10th or something to that effect, it would have clearly led us into a much narrower time frame. And that's what we don't have here. That's what we don't get. And that's the thing that's important with this, uh, I think. That would have been the first thing that the Dakota County Electronic Crimes Unit would have been focused in on, uh, the timestamp, date and timestamp. So they they finished up their investigation and gave the laptop back to the father. Uh, so it's too late now to go back and even look at something like that, uh, unless Dan Crowley Sr. would know where to look on that PATH directory uh, to see where that file would be sitting if it was still there um, to this day. And hopefully things like that were done, but as we can assume with everything else in this case, we can't assume anything. (laughs) Um, Greg, should I go on to the next paragraph? Yeah, let's do it. Three areas of Bloody Ridge detail were identified on the laptop and labeled as A, B, and C. Of the three areas, only Area 1 was sufficient for latent print analysis. Item 54 is a CD of 25 NEF images of latent prints found on the laptop. A digital latent palm print of Area A was then labeled LP54-1. LP54-1 was searched in the Midwest Automated Fingerprint Identification Network the MAFIN database and no suitable candidate was generated. Additionally, no known palm prints for David Timothy Crowley were submitted or found in the BCA files for comparison to LP54-1.
1: So there is no way that anybody could ever claim that any of the palm prints found, if any other palm prints were found, there's no way they can tie those to David Crowley just by this one fact here. It's more proof David Crowley did not do this, and it's more proof that people uh, assume that David Crowley did and that that is that is not right. There's something really there's something wrong about that. There's no reason to because if you're really looking for who did this, then there's and you you know you don't have any palm prints tied to David, Um, you you can never say that these prints are from David. But of course, we have the gray state goons who are running around telling people David wrote this. There's no proof that David wrote anything on this uh, laptop and there's no proof that any of the palm prints found at this scene match David, just by this one fact here.
0: Now the question that I have, uh, Greg, and this may be more of a question directed to, toward Catherine, is what I find in this paragraph is is very, the, the words are very, are crafted, very interesting in this paragraph. Meaning, the... They couldn't find the search of the Minnesota Automated Fingerprint, the May, the mapen database. Uh, no suitable candidate was generated. So they tried to do the match, and they couldn't find it. Now there, that database is only filled with, with criminals, right? people with criminal past that have been fingerprinted. And so they couldn't find the match. And they also tried the palm prints to try to match those to BCA for comparison. Now once again, David was not a criminal, or he didn't have a criminal past, would his fingerprints even be in the databases of any of those two databases? And that may be a question for Catherine.
3: No, since he wasn't a criminal, his fingerprints would not be in the Mason. but they had his um, fingerprint card from the military. Um, but just because they don't find it in a database doesn't mean squat you know and I think we've all we, we all pretty much know this that um, it, just because someone hasn't been caught or hasn't you know they they may not have documented this before there or they may not have done this type of crime before so unless they have been like you stated arrested fingerprinted and everything their prints would not be in this database
1: I've, I've got a question on on that Um, Just regarding this database, um, they're looking at fingerprints here, uh, but then they're talking about palm prints. Shouldn't they be looking... I mean, can you tell from a fingerprint? Are you going to be able to tell... Can you match a palm to a fingerprint?
4: It's been a really long time since I went through meth, but I remember them doing DNA but they also did every fingerprint on both hands. They printed both hands very well, but I can't remember if if they did a palm print too. So if our audience, um, if you've gone through the military in the 2000s, could you please let us know if they did your palm print too? Because uh, I, I seem to remember that they did, but I went in the 90s, so, I mean, things could have changed.
1: And 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 it's good that they're looking at this database, but is there a larger database that maybe, in the future, they could look into that isn't just for for the Midwest?
0: And we could also go the, the route of knowing David David Carley's background. He was not a criminal, or not not that we know of, that he didn't commit any crime. So, I would guess his da- his prints would not be in the Mayfin, his prints and palm prints would not be in the BCA. But we know that being in the military, he would have both his fingerprints and I and the pin, my, This is my opinion. His palm prints would be with the military, so they already have those things. But it says that no known palm prints from the military were submitted to the BCA.
1: Does the fact Um, that they were looking in this database, does that show that they at least were looking for possible suspects, for somebody other than than David? Because they could have pulled up his criminal record and found pretty quickly that it wasn't him. Does this show that maybe they were looking quietly for other suspects? Well,
4: if you look at... If you look at the work, it says no suitable candidate was generated. So, were yep. they looking for
3: other candidates?
1: Does the Moffin database have palm prints, or would it just...
3: Um, be- well, when you look at it online, and that's, it states here, and I'm reading from um, the Bureau of Criminal Apprehension um, website right now, and it states the arrest records of 10 print uh of 10 print fingerprint cards and they may also include palm print cards nice. so they do have some palm prints on record um but i think the fact that they were looking in this database i just think that's standard operating procedure um so they just kind of say oh yeah we ran it and we didn't find anything you know it is my take on it
1: could yeah, be wrong it- and that's good that that shows that they're they are doing you know like we've talked about previously there are some there are things in here that they are doing that are standard which is good that's what they should be doing and that also shows that they do all of these standard things and still cannot find anything tying this crime scene to david other than him being there
0: Correct, correct. Yeah, I think these were procedures that were followed, and, and no answers um, came back, which means that they were doing their job for the most part uh, on a, on a peripheral level. We found no answers, so they moved moved forward. But um, I don't think he would have any information in those records.
1: Uh, yeah. Anyway. I mean, reading this, I would I would say that they basically proved that David did not write this. That's the way I read it.
2: I would like to add, okay, let's say you do believe that David wrote it for whatever reason, okay, so, first of all, police have determined no motive of why these deaths occurred but we've heard various theories on what could have led David to murder his family and himself. And this note, if it is a suicide note, doesn't support any of those theories. This note doesn't show hatred towards Kamal's past or her being a Muslim. This note doesn't show obsession with gray state or weird conspiracy theories this note doesn't show PTSD this note doesn't support anything that David has been alleged of doing it doesn't support any of the proposed theories that of why David would do this and I think that in itself says this is definitely not a suicide note and if David didn't write this then it probably was staged
4: go this just sounds like something that Camille has written before didn't she write something on the back of a photograph and
1: yes fit I will to her sister? Love, yeah I i'll I always love you and mom something like 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 that the way this note is written i'm glad you brought that up because it just reminded me of um who when it says i have loved you all with all of my heart who is this message for whether it was written by david or whether it was written by you know by killers who would this be for who is this message targeted to this is the first thing that comes up when the cops or the bca swab the laptop this was meant for them to see first. It's obviously not meant for them. It's not meant to say that David has loved them.
3: <laughs> Who is It, it? Is, Who is very nondescript, for? yeah. And I had not thought about that until you mentioned it. It is extremely nondescript and vague.
1: Similar to the, uh, to the note that's written in the office bedroom. Who is it for? Who is it really for? Is it code word? Is it warnings? What is the real purpose of that writing? That's all I got on A, B and C here. I'm just going through showing people some of the photos of um, after they were after they were sprayed with a chemical. And yeah, they're palm prints, some type of palm prints. I'm glad, Catherine, that you were able to find that. Um, those would be in, included in that data, database, and couldn't find anyone. So it's just like can't find, can't connect it to anyone, in, including David. So it, there's there's no conclusion here there's no okay we found we found this it ties to david this is how we know that david wrote this you don't have that here in this case if you weren't to look at these documents if you weren't to look at these photos you would not know that you probably would not know that um if you were to just watch the slop you you definitely would not know that and so that's why it's so important to be able willing to be able to look at this stuff to be able to look at, at these documents to go through them your your yourself um, and so we all of us here are trying to make that as easy as possible for people not to not to tell you what you should think but when you look at this how would you ever think that David Crowley did this when they clearly can't tie these uh, bloody palm prints, these prints—they can't tie these to anybody. So in reality, we don't know who wrote anything on this laptop. And I think too. Has any, uh, anything um, else on that? Go ahead. And this—this this is
0: Dan. I think too. The what we're looking for, what we're seeing here, is the everything is very vague. Everything is very general. Everything is left open-ended, and I think that's the other goal if you will for a staged scene so you can't go too far down any certain rabbit holes it's just left open to keep people guessing that's their goal here is to keep everyone guessing and wondering and not provide answers is my is my opinion on these types of things they don't want to go too far they want to keep it open-ended
1: All right. There's nothing. We continue on, on with the next.
0: Yeah. Um. Continue. I can continue on. At the bottom of page 51, it says, "Item 23 is a blood is blood swabbed on the surface of the laptop. DNA results tie the blood to Kamel, while excluding David and Rania." And so here we get the. I think the. Once again, the, you know, the not the obvious, but it makes sense. Uh, the blood used, whether it was writing on the wall or the blood found at the scene, seems to be Kamel's, um, which means either she was killed first or her or her blood was the most accessible for these types of um, things. But it doesn't give us the answer of who did the writing, you know, who did it, who left the prints. We I mean, all we know that it's Kamel's blood. Um, Anything else on that, or should I continue with page 52?
1: I'd say go ahead.
0: Okay. according to Joe Cooksley, quote, the item 23 blood stain was in close proximity to apparent bloody ridge detail. A chemical was used to enhance the ridge detail. The ridge detail was documented with photographs prior to and after the application of the enhancement chemical. Unquote. This may be, once again, something Catherine could uh, um, help help us with this for for those of us not in this field.
3: Um, what what, what's the, what is a bloody,
0: yeah? What's a bloody ridge uh,
3: exactly? The ridge detail, you see um, those little lines. Oh, here we go. I'm using my mouse, and you guys can't see my mouse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, wow. But yes, those, <laughs> those lines right there, is, those are, that's the ridge detail. And that is what will make up and um, let them know if it's a palm print, the side of your hand, the fingerprint, or whatever. But those little designs there is what is known as the, the ridge detail. Do
1: these look like they should be able to get something, tie it to somebody at some point, or is there enough here or no?
3: Um, you know, that I don't know how much they need. Um, and just to me, well, oh wait, there's some pretty good stuff there at the bottom. Um it depends on where this is you know is this like the side of the hand I, I don't know it doesn't look like fingerprints per se but it you know it could be the side of somebody's hand or somebody's palm but this would you be know, right that
1: hand. This, this would have to be a right hand it's on the right mm-hmm. side of the keyboard I would or the surface of the keyboard of the um, of the laptop so that's where this is found
3: Yeah, and it looks like a certain amount of of pressure was applied, whatever they used, if it was the side of their hand or the the front of their hand, because you see where some of the blood um, pools in certain areas, and then others, you see the detail pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of pools and and spread out a little, yeah, in that area. But, I mean, uh, there are other spots on there, uh, not necessarily number 23, but... um, i thought for sure that if i remember correctly there was another place on there uh i don't know if it was which one is it i'm looking at your book now i finally found my book um where the the detail looked pretty good and i couldn't understand why they couldn't get you know more fingerprints there is plenty throughout the house and not just on the laptop but other areas where the ridge detail should have been more than sufficient for them to tell you who it was Yeah.
1: Anybody else have anything on um, this image here or item 23?
0: I can continue on. Um, Blood found on the A, capital A key of the laptop was swabbed and labeled as item 24. Though collected and itemized, the blood on the A key was not submitted for DNA testing. I'll leave that there what how common is that or uncommon to not to collect it but then not submit it
3: well they'll collect a whole bunch of samples throughout a crime scene and then they um, uh, will choose it it kind of looks like pick and choose but um, and sometimes it will look randomized, but there's always a method to the madness. However, in most of the cases that I've been doing reading and research on, if there appears to be a separate blood within the same area and they're not sure whose it is, they will test both samples. But if the blood is all within the same area and looks to have come from the same source, then they'll just swab one and then just test that. And here on this laptop, there's no proof that this is coming from the same source. So, so they should have swabbed that. I mean, tested it. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, looking at this um, image that I have up here, um, are there any is is there any evidence that we see in any of these photos um, to tell what type of blood is this? A, is this a um, a hand that was just bloody? Is this a hand that might have been bloody for hours, for longer? The reason I ask is on the command key, um, on the kind of on the lower left side here, where the command key almost looks like there's a drop there. It doesn't really look like somebody touched the command key. It looks kind of small, but it looks like maybe a blood dropping, dropling. So I was just curious about that. If there's any way to, to tell, uh, from the blood that we see on this uh, laptop, is there any way to tell how um, how old the blood on the hands might be?
3: Um, yes you can tell um, uh, if blood is sitting on someone's hands for a while before they touch it will either flake off or as the blood starts to coagulate um, because obviously there would have been a lot of blood on their hand it would have left a different type of impression the types and and you're right that does almost look like a blood droplet that was disturbed at one point but I would have to enhance and and enlarge that photo to tell for sure but like with the A and the rest of it um, that was all uh, fresh blood.
1: On this um,
3: F key,
1: the the F key looks kind of odd too, and I don't I don't think there's any. Um
3: and for that one it just could be the way the shadowing is and how they took that photo uh it's really hard to tell because what you're looking at that little dark spot underneath the f when you look at the j key those little lines are for typists who when you're not looking you know your fingers are at the right on the home key settings so you know that index finger once it feels that little notch it knows it's on the uh the letter f so that just could be that but is there extra blood it could be it looks like there could be some little drops next to that but again the photo is really hard to read
1: and that's all i had for 24.
0: should i continue on with 25 grid sure all right. Item twenty-five is blood swabbed on the kitchen island countertop next to the laptop. This item was not tested. Neither was the blood stain on the tissue box. Item twenty-six.
1: Twenty-five of all of the things here. Sorry. Go ahead, Dan.
0: Yeah, that was it. Uh, so twenty-five is next to the laptop, it was not tested, and then the, there was a small, uh, a square-sized tissue box. Item 26 yeah. also wasn't tested.
1: I think of all of the blood in the house, 25 looks the most, I can't think of a better word, but strained or like, it's just, it doesn't look like prints. It's almost just like, um, like lines. I don't know, I don't even know. I mean, everyone who can see this for the podcast, from people listening to the podcast, you need to go and see these, these photos. But when you look at item 25, what am I seeing here? This is, of all of the images here, this this blood, it just looks, I can't even describe it, but any other way than just strained or lines, it's thin lines, I guess, I don't this know. This is
3: what they call, to me, that looks like transfer. Um, and there's part of these types of lines as well on the touchpad. pad. Um, but yes, this looks like something was bloody and then touched that surface. So it transferred the blood from whatever it was on onto that surface would be my guess.
4: I have to agree with that. Like a sleeve or something. I oh,
1: see. Okay. But
4: they just that... placed down maybe a sleeve or a rag or something like that. Oh, yeah, okay.
1: Well, that would make sense.
2: I, I think there. it's interesting also, it, it looks like there was like a strand of hair by that those bloody lines and it looks like there is like a bulb or something at the end of the hair I mean would there be could they collect DNA off of that
3: yes you can get DNA from the the end of a, of a piece of hair
1: and where where did you see that hair on the laptop here Next okay to
2: the... so you look at the laptop hmm it looks like there's a streak of hair, see, they have that, I think it was gold, it was the last picture you showed, number 25, see how that is the streak and above it it looks like a line or something, yeah is that a hair?
1: It might be hair, there are a few hairs on here, I've seen on the other side, I don't know if those are scratches or, or hairs but some type of line. Even this um, this MiFi thing, this Wi-Fi thing that David has here in the upper, it, it looks like that has you know something wet on that, almost like there's I don't know if there's blood on that. Blood isn't mentioned here. A little bit below it looks like the um, the USB port that you would put in for a mouse, for a wireless mouse and he just didn't have, there, were, there weren't enough ports for everything, so one was taken out. Um, so I, I don't think that this MacBook Pro, I don't think that this is where this MacBook Pro was used. It was purposely set here and it was, it was probably, it might have been the first time this MacBook Pro was ever here on this kitchen island. All meant to look, all meant to look staged, all meant to look um, like, uh, you know, just ready. Just have every, everything ready when the investigators come in, including not having its it password protected. Same thing with the, the the computer in his office bedroom. It's not protected by a password. That also is another sign that anybody could have gotten into these computers at any time and written anything that they wanted to and taken off anything that they wanted to at any time. This is almost like that open rear slider here. They're looking for for things that they don't need to be looking for. They're looking for people forcing their way into this house when they have an open door. They're looking for reasons to think that David Crowley wrote this, when it's clear anybody who had access to this house and via the open door, anybody in the whole world could have gotten into this house. In theory, they probably would have had to have known that that dog in order to do that. But anybody could have gotten onto this laptop and typed "I have loved you all with all of my heart" easily. So it's just just more that just shows that it's not David. Um, What's weird is Camel's Surface Pro is protected by a password. It's the only one that, of all of these three computers in this house, it's the only one that is protected. Hmm. I wonder if somebody was trying to get something inside of that laptop. Maybe there was something there that somebody wanted or wanted taken off.
4: So no, that was the only electronics that had a password of, on it?
1: Of these three, of these three, yeah. How interesting. Even the um, the song choice, you know, there was a lot of uh, stuff made about the the songs that were on this laptop i'm going to go back to those two um it's playing randomly and the fact that in this image in one of the crime scene images um curtis mayfield is that what it is um, i sure hope that people don't look at my myself after i die <laughs> well the whole thing is they were making a big deal about this song and it's like that is just the the song that was playing while these photos were being taken but there's several songs that were being played while the photos were being taken but for some reason this photo is the one or this song is the one that ends up being the last song in Eric Eric Nelson's film let me get to that yeah right here fall behind Moses Mayfield fall behind the inside so um You know there was a big deal made about that but in these other photos here there's a different song playing you just can't see it that well it's pretty interesting that the one that we can see super duper well is the one that just happens to be the song that's played at the end of the sloppy mentoring Uh, some of the other songs there's the spider-man 3 song two Spider-Man 3 songs, maybe even more. It looks like 14 songs in, in, in total for the Spider-Man 3 soundtrack. And uh, there's at least two of Kamel's quote unquote friends in the police reports that said that Kamel um, said that they were going to move to Cali- California. David was gonna work on the new Spider-Man movie. Which probably would have been—I don't know if that would have been Spider-Man 3, or if that would have been the new, the ones that were made after this—but uh, probably the ones after that with uh, Garfield. I forget his first name, but Andrew Garfield, I think, was his name. But um, so this, you know, this this song list and all of, of these songs um, have been another interesting thing. The fact that this is a 53 songs, a four-hour playlist. Be nice to know when the playlist was actually made, too. And why this this was playing here, too. It just seems everything that's on this laptop... And they take shots. We have, I think, three screenshots that I just have here. And it's, you know, it's all different stuff in the background. <coughs> lots of different playlists. Lots of different things going on here. It's got the podcast. Rania's favorite. So Ranya had access to this, too. This is... Um, playing through a Bluetooth speaker that died. Uh, Bluetooth, you know, speakers don't last that long. So maybe the bodies were not meant to be um, discovered three weeks later or two weeks later or even one week later. You know, maybe they were meant to be found soon, soon after these killings happen. That's all speculation, but just with with that laptop, you know, I, some interesting stuff. Go ahead.
4: I just find it curious that the Bluetooth speaker is so far away from being plugged in. I mean, when we look at the kitchen, that plug. I'm assuming the the where the plug cover is broken near the sink, and mm-hmm. we see that big power plug. I'm assuming that's where the Bluetooth uh, speaker was being charged or whatever but wouldn't would it matter where it was placed could it have just sat up there on the island and they could have heard everything just the same as if it was in near the living room or it's like why did they need to move it and have it unplugged
1: I don't see any any reason for that none here definitely I think I have an image of where that speaker so here's the speaker hard to tell but yeah it's 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 not um, I mean obviously it had I don't know it would have to be somewhat close I think the speaker could definitely work there um, it's just it's just weird that it was there. I pull up the image to kind of show where the laptop was, and then the speaker is somewhere around this area. But it's pretty interesting. Oh, this might be one where you can have this one actually shows both of them. Looking at it from if you're entering the front door here, you got the laptop over here. This blue mug is actually, it does say cop on it, so it's some type of law enforcement. Uh, The laptop does have a sticker over it too, and I think, I don't know if all of them in the house do, I think they all might too, but you can see the distance from the laptop to where that Bluetooth speaker is.
4: Yeah, it's really not that far, so I don't think it would
1: really. I mean, in in this image, you can also see where these where those uh, bloody prints are here, and that's where you would expect the laptop to be. That's where I would expect it, but it's but it's not. So um, when the writing was whatever was typed into this laptop, whatever was done with this laptop, nobody had bloody feet. There's no bloody feet there. Same thing with when words are are being typed onto the laptop. Some keys have blood and other keys don't. And they all should, I mean, really they they all should. So there's some serious problems here. And these, again, this is just looking at the laptop, just looking at what proves that David Crowley wrote anything on this laptop, and we're just just not seeing it. Now, I I remember um, I got a few notes here. Um, The type message and the written note in the office bedroom were both used to trick people into thinking these were suicide notes. That was a big thing. Uh, That was hinted in the early police reports. That was hinted, uh, not the early police reports, in the early narrative, in the early, media reports, even when I talked to Kamel's sister and uh, she also said that those were suicide notes. And it shows how easily somebody can be tricked into thinking that they are when they're not. Neither of those two notes that are written are suicide notes, not proven suicide notes. I guess if you wanna believe they're suicide notes, you you can, but why? why? Why would you think that? Without any proof of who wrote it, of who, of who did it, why? I thought we were trying to find the truth here, not to play our guessing game. um see to be clear it cannot be proven who wrote the type sentence on the laptop so why was this assumed within 24 hours of finding these bodies and when authorities realized they could not prove david wrote that sentence what did they do after they realized months later after they realized that it could not be proven that david crowley wrote anything on the laptop how did they respond and they just ruled the case exceptionally clear. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem fair. No. Um, the fact that the laptop was found in sleep mode shows that anyone could have written these sentence. The laptop was not password protected, similar to the computer in the office bedroom, yet Camel Surface Pro found in the living room was password protected. that's another thing that stood out to me um we talked about the a we talked about all that yeah i think we pretty much covered everything that i wanted to to cover item 24 where that a key is have all all heart i mean it's it's uh There should be a lot of blood on that A key, but not just the A key, there should be a lot of blood on the H key, there should be a lot of blood on a lot of the other keys too. So it is very interesting, I'm glad you brought that up, where the blood is on those keys and where it isn't. And why some things were never tested. I mean, think the A would at least be tested. They test the surface of the the laptop. Why not test one, one key at least? That's all I got, good peeps.
3: Yep, same here. I'm I'm down another rabbit hole just doing this <laughs> already. I'm <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> writing copious notes, and I will send it to you guys soon. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Catherine. There's
4: lots of rabbit holes. Interesting.
0: Yes, I think the only point that... thing... <clears throat> This is Dan. The only two things that I would would think of that I would have liked to have seen on the police report was if the laptop, the MacBook Pro was password protected at one point, when was the password taken off or when was the password removed? Um, That should be uh, somewhere in the registry of that computer, the date and timestamp of when that was taken off as well, unless perhaps maybe David always had that off. But we don't we don't know. The other thing would be I know we've talked about the Bluetooth and the speaker and of course, you know, the battery died, but what was the volume setting at on his MacBook Pro? Was it you know, ninety nine, was it thirteen, was it fifty, was it you know, what was the volume setting? Was it meant to alert and wake up the neighbors or was it set
1: to a very it's on soft? Full blast. It's on full blast here. It's it's at the It high is, the it section. is yeah. okay. Now, okay now that's on that's on the laptop maybe the Bluetooth you know the bluetooth could have its own settings too so gotcha. I don't know
3: okay is,
1: so. oh interesting okay
0: that's all that i had for uh for today
3: all right yep i'm done too
2: the only thing i would add is we're not only are we not seeing blood on the keys mentioned, we're just not seeing blood, period. If David really did kill his family and himself and then dipped his hands in blood or whatever and wrote on the walls, there should be blood all over the keyboard, stuck in between the keys, on the counter. There should be, you know, pattern of drips from the wall on the floor to the island. We're just not seeing blood, period, period.
4: Yeah, I would expect the laptop to be more covered in blood, like the island's countertop, also. But what we're seeing is just transfer marks.
5: So and I, no,
1: it just doesn't no, make sense. Since there's no blood on the, on the back of the laptop, I guess this would have had to have been open. Mm-hmm. Which, again, could be another sign of a scene interrupted, I suppose. Alright, well, if there's nothing else, then I guess uh, we'll go ahead and shut this one down. Um, I thank you all again for joining us here for episode number 10, The Kitchen Laptop. Episode number 11 will be released uh, December 1st, and of course, we'll go, for, we'll continue on with chapter 6. Um, in the kitchen, we'll be starting at page 52 in the physical book. And there is a lot of interesting stuff to go there. We're going to talk about the newspaper found in the kitchen. So, um, that will be a good one to wrap your head around, because, um, there's a few things there to me that do not make sense, but we'll go through everything in in the kitchen and um, we will continue to see that there is nothing that proves David Crowley guilty. So there's your spoiler for next for next month. God bless you all. And I'll go ahead and shut this down. Dan, any final words here you took us in? Why don't you take us out? No, I don't think
0: there's nothing else. Uh, it, it's certainly interesting. A chapter as is your entire book this is and I like the the reason I like the book Greg is that it's fact-based it's evidence-based there's no opinions um, in there it's just laying out the facts and it really exposes the things that were either not done correctly or not done at all um, or somewhere in between it just it's it's, it's done in a very good way I think.
1: thank you for that brother and I will shut this one down right now.
5: Murder at 1051 Ramsdale Drive. What happened to David Crowley, his wife, and his daughter? If this was truly a double murder-suicide, why did investigators fail to prove David Crowley guilty? Where is the evidence David Crowley killed his wife and daughter? Where is the evidence David Crowley killed himself? Within 24 hours of finding the bodies of David, Kamel, and Ranya Crowley, the Apple Valley Police Department were treating the incident as a double murder-suicide. Authorities cannot prove David wrote Allahu Akbar and his wife's blood on the living room wall. Authorities cannot prove David wrote I have loved you all with all of my heart on a laptop in the kitchen. Authorities cannot prove David wrote open the rise most recent version submit to Allah now on a notepad in his office bedroom Authorities cannot prove the dog trapped inside the house ate David's right hand both of Kamel's hands and their daughter's right arm since dog feces tests were never done Authorities did not know about a bullet that rolled out of a living room carpet until they were notified by the cleaning company two days after the bodies were found. That bullet would later be tied to Rania Crowley. Authorities did not see the bullet hole in the living room ceiling or the bullet in the attic above until they questioned David's friend a month after the bodies were found. Authorities did not find a motive to support their accusations against David Crowley. Authorities did not find David's blood on any of the bullets at the crime scene. Authorities do not know when David, Kamel, and Rania Crowley died. What we know for sure is that David Crowley has not been proven guilty. A simple truth. It really is this simple. Either you believe David Crowley is innocent or you believe he is guilty. If you believe David Crowley is guilty, you are wrong. If you believe David Crowley is innocent, you are right. It really is that simple. A United States Army veteran is dead. His wife and his five-year-old daughter are dead. A thorough investigation would only conclude with authorities admitting they lacked evidence to support their accusations. If authorities were to admit the case remains unsolved, they would also have to admit that the public may still be in danger. I am not able to solve this case. My interest is in forcing authorities to admit David Crowley is innocent. The reason they refuse to talk about this case is not because they are confident of David's guilt. They lack confidence in their allegations. Their department wishes to move on, but they are only lying to themselves. They must know the simple truth and they need to publicly admit this. Their credibility depends on it now. The unspoken truth is that David is innocent until proven guilty. Why are authorities running from the simple truth? How long do they think they can run for? You cannot run from God, you cannot run from your nightmares, and you cannot run from the facts. Why would anyone want to? What could possibly motivate someone to try? If you cannot prove David Crowley guilty, then he remains innocent. It's as simple as that. So the resistance we face is disgusting. If David was guilty, the evidence would be right in our faces. If David was guilty, resistance to our questions would not exist. If David was guilty, facts would be evident. There are no facts to prove David guilty. There are only facts which prove David innocent, hence the resistance to getting justice for David Crowley and family. Who cares? Do the people who closed this case and decided to not speak about it ever again really care? Do the friends who accused David Crowley of being guilty days after his body was found really care? Perhaps they only care about spreading the accusations of David's guilt instead of researching the facts of this case. They don't seem to care about the facts which prove David innocent. Truth is a simple thing. Justice does not die. Facts prove David is innocent.